Hello, welcome to The Once Over. You're Judy, I'm Jason. We just finished watching Friday the 13th Part 2. I feel like this is one of those movies where you almost don't need to see one because what will you do? I mean, this is just such a similar movie and it starts off recapping what happened at the end of one. It's kind of like Evil Dead 2, how it recaps Part 1. Yeah, it's probably better if you don't watch the first... I mean, I'm sure anyone who watches Friday the 13th is going to watch all of them because... But yeah, I, I feel like they're so similar and, and kind of repetitive that I think you could just get away with watching part two if you wanted to. Well, what's That's really the one where Jason shows up, so... Yeah, like, it's kind of weird because part one is unexpected. Like, the mom is doing the killing the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, this alert, by the way. Alert, yeah. <laughs> but, like, and honestly, the, the kills are pretty great in the first movie. Pretty inventive. But they're all done kind of like by someone off screen. So mm-hmm. in this movie, it starts off that way. And a lot of the kills are just done by a hand. And even the first kill is like, you, you only see the hands and stuff. And then you see, you know, a fully grown human with like a sheet over his head, which looks so fucking stupid. <laughs> so yeah, they didn't, they hadn't come up with the iconic hockey mask. That, I think that, that's in the that's next it's coming in part three, but uh, the ma- the hood that we get is kind of, it's unsettling in a way because it's so lo-fi and it's so not art designed. You know, it doesn't look like if they were, if they were going to do it today and they were going to do the hood, I think, I think actually in the, the 2009 version, it looks more like a burlap. Yeah, this is hood. true. This just, it doesn't even look scary. It just looks kind of silly. It looks like it's like a, bed sheet or a, bed, really like a, a, pillow, bed. a pillowcase that he just put on his head and cut out a hole and it's just not menacing it's not very scary yeah uh, especially since he's this really tall man wearing overalls and a plaid shirt he just looks like and he falls a few times like he's a little bit clumsy it's a little bit goofy at times but i will say there were some very good jump scares in this movie yeah there were a lot of really inventive fake-outs where you think, you know, they're, they're sort of zooming in on the mirror and you think he's going to appear in the mirror. Yeah. You are hoping he won't because it's so cliched. And then, of course, it doesn't. And you're kind of, like, um, impressed that, that they know that you know that that's yeah. what you're going for. Yeah. Um, so I, I did appreciate like- that. I liked all of the steady cam shots of, of chasing her in the house near the end, mm-hmm. all of that stuff. It, it seemed like they were trying to be a little bit more inventive with the ways in which they put shots together even to sort of disorient the viewer and also make them unsure of the spatial geography of where people were entering and exiting the scene so that, especially at the end when she's being hunted, it was a little bit more thrilling because you know, you'd see someone show up and you'd see her show up when you thought he was going to show up and vice versa. So it, I found it inventive in that way. Yeah, I agree. I thought some of, I was really impressed by how they showed so many like net cutting deaths just right on screen and didn't cut away. Even the very first, uh, well, actually not the first death, but like the first kind of one that you see in the present day or whatever. Yeah, the guy and, and the tree and like the 
the wire in the neck and like they they didn't shy away from showing any of that stuff and also the shot where the guy in the wheelchair like falls all the way down the stairs like that's a really good shot it was probably really hard to get that right yeah i would imagine to to make sure that it falls down all of those in the right way so that's an interesting because at the end of the scene it cuts to it for fades to white yeah there Uh, were a couple weird white white fade outs that were like weird and i'm yeah what i why did you get any sense of why that was happening i'm sure if we if we were real friday the 13th fans we would have looked into this and figured it out i just don't care but i am curious time jump? like what why is there a white fade yeah and it happens like three times and it also happens at the end of the movie and i was okay let's start with the ending of the movie because it has a white fade and then what you just saw apparently didn't happen and like Paul's missing, but why? And what happened to Muffin? Muffin? Um, yeah, okay, the very end of this movie is basically like the end of the first movie, where the girl who got away is in the canoe and she's all like, oh, I'm safe, blah, blah, blah. And then Jason, as a kid, jumps up and grabs her. P.S., this movie's supposed to be set five years later, but it looks like it's set 20 years later. <laughs> like, and not in terms of everyone's outfits, but in terms of Jason looks like a fully grown adult. Like, so anyway, that's a little weird. But yeah, so in, in and then in that movie, she's actually like wheeled into a hospital and like, kind of like this girl is, except you see her in the hospital and all the doctors are like, how, like, are you okay? And she's all like, where's the boy? And they're just like, we didn't find a boy, ma'am. And she's like, that means he's still out there. <laughs> like, it's pretty great. <laughs> Although I guess, you know, maybe it means because that didn't actually happen, that they could take some license. Like, there's, I think they're basically saying the, the last shot of the first movie didn't happen. No, I think, I think it no. did. Like, I did think it? the whole, I think the whole mythology of Jason is that he, like, has died many times and he like lives in water or something. I heard that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't mean he's a nymph, but I have seen Jason takes Manhattan. Okay. But you, you, but you're talking about the rules that were established by the time they got to like part 19. We're talking about part two. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I don't remember which one that is, but like he definitely, he's, He's a fucking water nymph. No. <laughs> he has some sort of crazy superpowers, okay? Yes, no, that is, like, he gets, like, halfway in, uh, chopped. Halfway chopped. He gets uh, chopped into the neck with a with a machete in this movie. And yeah, still he's not forced to, like, break through a window and grab a person. Or apparently yeah. not. Did that actually happen? I no, don't... I, I, I think it did actually happen because then she's like, I think it happened. But then, no, okay, hang on. He took her in some weird slow motion, then fade to white, and then waking up in the morning, waking up in the morning, and then being put into the the ambulance. Ambulance. And and she's like, where's Paul? Where's Paul? Also, now that we think about it, the person, the, the guy in the wheelchair dies, and then they do the fade to white, and the fade to white, then the shot after that is the post coital, post climax shot of the couple yeah so it's to suggest that like some sort of the final shot where the same thing happens where there's like a violent scene and then the fade to white and then the next morning that this was some sort of 
post-coital encounter with Jason. Oh my God. If you're going to read it that way, I mean, I love it. And to be honest, I don't, I don't have a better interpretation. So we'll have to go with that one, <laughs> even they, though it's pretty weird. They got it on, I think. Or they got it on metaphorically. Was Paul Jason this whole time? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just being silly now. I don't know what the fuck that ending was. I don't understand the white fade outs. I don't even know what they mean or if they mean anything. But like, it's strange that this movie mirrors the first movie so much. Like, there's so many things that are exactly the same. And even, okay, I was a little bit thrown by the pacing of this movie and the characters because you're introduced to a bunch of characters then abruptly half of them leave to go to this bar. You don't see any of those people again. It's very random. I guess they just want to get rid of half the people. Fine. And then the ones that stay, I don't even remember if they all got killed because I don't remember how many of them stayed. You don't spend time with any of them. So I assume they all got killed. And then out of nowhere, the one girl who's interested in child psychology, or maybe she's a first, doing a first year college course in child psychology, out of fucking nowhere, sees the shrine and goes, that must be his mom's sweater. I'm going to pretend to be his mom. Like, that he, part was completely unexpected. He's a clairvoyant psychic or something because she's like, he must have seen his mother die. He must feel this way. He must know this. That must be her mother, his mother's sweater. If I put it on, I can actually convince him. Like, okay, granted, she didn't really have a lot of options in that moment, but it's just like, she's just omnipotent because the screenwriter was like i don't know how to get out of this this little corner i've painted myself into there could have been like it would have been easy enough to make the story a little bit more well known like i remember in the first movie there's obviously the story of the boy who drowned at camp blah 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 the mom kills everybody but like nobody even finds out about that because the main girl at the end basically everyone's just telling her there was no boy and she's crazy kind of thing so like how did this camp counselor in this movie know the, the psychological innards of, of Jason and his mom? And like, is this published? Like, what, what's the deal? <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. I know you said that it was like five years before, but how does she out of nowhere just decide she's going to like try to impersonate the mom? I had no idea what she was doing. I'm not even fucking joking. When she put on the bloody sweater, I was like, what are you doing? He's not a Tyrannosaurus Rex who can only smell you. Like... <laughs> <laughs> in what universe would would like that be your thought like oh i'm going to die i know <laughs> yeah. i'll pretend to be his dead mother like where do you yeah. get where'd she get this i was like half expecting she was gonna even like pick the head up off of the put it on her head <laughs> i a hundred percent thought because when she was like touching the hair, I was just like, are you going to put that on your head? <laughs> Girl. <laughs> They're actually, you know, they tried to do the dissolve so that you're like, oh, oh, this is what Jason's seeing. And then like very often it didn't match at all. <laughs> so it was just like, does he just see the disembodied head of his mother just floating everywhere? Like, is this, does this happen for a living? It was just bizarre. I don't really understand why they did the whole psychoanalysis route because there was 
zero call for that. I okay. Well, it just came out of nowhere. Like aside from the girl just having that long mo- long monologue at the bar, like this, it was never even brought up before. This is something that I I started complaining about during the movie, and you were like, "Let's talk about this later." Where I was like, the problem with this movie. And the problem with this sort of split that they did is that all of these characters just end up getting killed for about half an hour, one by one. Yeah. Nobody learns from it. Nobody discovers anything. And I was drawing the, like, it's it's not a fair comparison, sure, but like the comparison to Halloween, where Laurie Strode is like figuring out that the other babysitters are getting knocked off and realizes that something is wrong. And just as she does that, it's too late because Michael's already in the house and is attacking her. But but she's learning about the situation as as, right. as audiences. In this one, it's just like it's a series of people getting killed for just shits and giggles or for gore. And then yeah. she comes in and she's like, I've got it all figured out. And I'm like, if you just had her like there somehow, she could have been piecing it together. It's true, but she was absent the whole time. Yeah, like already or something. Like, I mean, it's a page one rewrite if you're gonna do that. But it was it was just very it just became very exhausting too because then they show up and then they have to like figure everything out like oh you know what happened to all the counselors and I'm like this is not scary this is just boring because they're like they're seeing like a bunch of bloody sheets and they're like oh is this a joke is this is yeah this, are we supposed to be scared at this point like I if 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 you wanted to you could you could terrify me because I think that would be a very scary situation where you sort of come back and everything's a little bit wrong. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, it's definitely a problem that none of them are aware that anyone else is getting killed, so they don't learn anything or figure anything out. So it's just the audience waiting and watching for all these people just to get knocked off one by one. It's Or, okay, uh, Black Christmas, for instance. You know, it's yeah. like she's trying to figure something. She's trying to do something while the movie yeah. is happening. And she's looking for, she, she's trying to figure out what happened to her friend. Remember the one that's actually dead upstairs? Yeah, and or, or also like, who, who, who's prank calling her, right? And, yeah. and trying to figure so, out. Yeah, so it, there's almost like uh, a character who's doing something. But in this movie, all the characters are introduced and they all have the same level of importance in terms of like, are they the main character? Are they a side character? Are they like, they all are actually like the same. Mm-hmm. From, the, he- from the random guy at the gas station to the couple who get their car towed, like to, like they're all like the same level of importance, which is why it was random to me and not very well introduced that the girl at the end is kind of the one who gets chased for the longest and ends up escaping. Like, when, when she first came back and was walking around, I thought she was just going to get killed immediately, like the other ones. And I thought the other guy was going to get killed immediately. Like, I, I didn't realize any part of the movie was anyone that we were going to stick with the whole time. Because those characters are in the movie in the beginning, but they're given as much screen time as anybody else. And so that's why they had that scene where she sort of figures it out that like, oh, Jason must have seen it. And like, that must have done things to him. And and so that was, I feel like their way of saying like, this is the, the character that is, that you should follow because she seems to be the, the brightest of the bunch. Right, but, but then you don't see her not, for a while. It's, it, it's exactly the point. It's not like, and again, this is another unfair comparison, but it's not like an alien where you have Sigourney Weaver's character sort of emerge from the pack as they all get knocked off one by one and finally like oh okay she's the final girl because 
um, you know, she's, she's lived along, but along the way, she's made a lot of really smart, intelligent decisions about how to handle situations, how to engage with characters so that right. you're like, I'm not surprised she's the final girl. And I mean, even final girl is kind of stupid, but like the final person that survived. Right. And in this one, it, it is purely arbitrary. It felt like it wasn't, it wasn't out of any sort of like, oh yeah, I really yeah. Am like that character. It was yeah, just- you don't, you don't spend any extra time with her as opposed to anybody else. And she doesn't seem, yeah, you're not following her. She's not figuring anything out. She's not doing anything. It's literally just when they came back, I was like, oh, now they're going to get killed. Didn't think that the rest of the movie would follow her. So when she escaped the first time he tried to kill her, I was like, oh, so this one's going to go on for a little bit longer then. <laughs> like, yeah. it'll take a little bit longer for her to get killed. Like, it would have been interesting if the movie had started with her showing up in her first scene and she's kind of like talking about Jason and the psychology and she's kind of like talking about it a little bit more. But literally up until that scene in the bar, I don't think any of that was even mentioned. And she certainly didn't say anything like that at any point. They all just had their small talk kind of lines throughout the whole movie, you know? Yeah. I just always wonder, like, what special pleasure is had in these, in these movies? The reason I decided I wanted to watch this tonight is because I just felt like watching something Halloween-y, but yeah. something old. Actually, um, when I turned on, I originally wanted to watch Halloween 2 because mm-hmm. I know that, like, Halloween 1, I've seen, newer Halloween I've seen, I want to watch two because apparently like one and two kind of go together. It's, it's three that has nothing to do with anything. Yeah. And like it isn't, doesn't like the newest one kind of uh, retcon all of them except for one and two. I think it might even retcon two, but don't quote oh. me on that. It, but it definitely oh. runs all the rest. I, I right, right, right. So either way, I wanted to watch it. Two, because two it's like, I don't know how Jason, or sorry, I don't know how Michael is walking away from that one because he literally explodes. So <laughs> he probably, it's probably not true. It's true, yeah. How would he come back from that? But the second one, she's in a hospital room recovering from the first movie for like 80% of it. So maybe it's all just like a, uh, a morphine-induced fever dream. He's for- recovering from the last one for 80% of the movie? I mean, that's probably not the not the correct amount. But it is it is one of those things where I think it was like she didn't want to do the movie or something, so she's only in, in it for like a little bit, and most of the time she's just in a bed. So like I think they film most of her scenes like pretty quickly. And then Jamie Lee Curtis? Yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis. So oh. it's there's like other characters. But anyways. Okay. The, the point is, I'm sorry to go off on that, but like the no, point no, is I, mean, I wanted to watch that one. So it, it was also on Prime, so I like started it. And I was probably like eight minutes in or something like that. And I was just looking at the screen and I thought, wow, their clothes and hair look so modern. This is weird. Wasn't this only made like a year after the first one? And then I like, <laughs> I went and checked um, on Amazon Prime again. And I was like, what year is this from again? And on, ha- on Prime, Halloween 2, they only have the 2010 version. And that's what I was watching the first seven minutes of. And I was like, that movie is garbage. I didn't even have a chance to get into it, but I was like, I do not want to watch one from 2010. Like, absolutely not. So I, was, I just thought to myself, I want to watch a classic slasher movie from the 80s. 
And these movies were really big, but... So that's what I meant by... But when I said, what is the special pleasure in this? Because these movies are very successful. They are very popular. Like, they just released them in this huge friggin' box set. 15, 16 disc, $150. I've been... I'm not going to buy it because I just... I don't like these movies. I just... Yeah, to be honest, they're like the first one is not even good. Um, the only yeah. part that's even worth anything is in the end when Jay- when Jason's mother is revealed and she's fucking psycho. Like that's the only part of the movie that's worth anything. Yeah, the I mean, it's just a bunch of teenagers getting killed one by one at a camp, just like this movie. None, and none of the dialogue is interesting. None of it's felt like okay. The the lame the lame come ons that the 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 girl was having. Yeah, she was. That was like the thirstiest girl I've ever seen. We're playing for position. What's yeah. the one where they use a puck? Like I was like, is this, is this supposed to be sexy? What is this? I was, yeah, I don't know what she was doing, but it was pretty fucking horrible. <laughs> so yeah, the dialogue is just dumb, and Jason is like, I'm sure everyone like I don't know how many people listen to us, but he's the most boring serial killer. Of all of them, I think. He's <laughs> yeah. not funny like like Freddy Krueger. He's not menacing and sort of almost mythic like Michael is. Like, what does he... He's just sort of like American backwoods. Like, But then you could just watch like Texas Chainsaw Massacre if you really wanted that. So it's just like... Yeah. Middle of the road, boring. Well, yeah, I, I don't really understand how the first two movies got as popular as they did. Because, again, they're almost the same, a few little differences, no real story, like, no characters you actually care about at any point. But then, like, there's part three, which, I mean, we can skip, but we need to watch the final chapter because everybody is obsessed with that movie. Like, I don't know what it is about that movie that's so so special. Listeners probably know. (laughs) But that apparently has some kind of plot. Okay. Yeah, I've heard. But it's not that this was bad necessarily. It's just that it didn't really engage me that much. Like I felt like there's so much of the movie where you're just watching these teenagers just walk around and talk to each other and do nothing and look for a dog. Like the, the, the death scenes are just not, they don't take up enough of the movie. I think, I think the, the actual death scenes make up like 8% of this movie. (laughs) Like there's so much other shit. That's just nothing. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it's even... So I'm saying, like, I liked the chase scenes. I like the steady cam. I liked the way... The editing in those in those scenes. But it, as you said, it's, like, 8% of the movie. And then, like, 92% of the movie is just fucking dull. I, I almost wonder, like, if this wasn't part of the Halloween franchise or anything like that, if this was just a movie made by another studio, and I'm sure there were many movies that tried to capitalize on all of these themes that were made at that time this movie probably doesn't stand out amongst those others because it's just like, yeah, it's not that this movie is bad, but it's just like, I don't get what made it so popular. More time should have been focused on Jason. Yeah. And some explanation of how he went from being like a little child to a fully grown adult in only five years. This also goes back to what I'm saying. Like Jason is not an interesting character. He's never been made an interesting character because you couldn't have the the Jason backstory, mm-hmm. right? Actually, have it f- filled in because there's no there's nothing behind this character. And what I thought was so effective about Halloween, the remake, 
or not even the remake, the, the sequel, the 2018 one, is they basically treat Michael as like an elemental force. And so yeah. Yeah. And where they hold up the mask and then all of the people in the, the institution, it's almost like a Lovecraftian power that's, that's emerging or being exuded from this mask. And so- well, Even when those like journalists come and they like, they see him, but he's, his back is turned and they pull out the mask. Yeah. yeah then, it's like a powerful thing. And, and so that, you can't have that with, with Jason. And not that they should try. I'm not saying like, oh, the problem is that they didn't just do what Michael is. But I'm saying that like Michael, even from the original Halloween, sort of in, taps into that suggestion. And then with Jason, you just have a reject from Deliverance. And so <laughs> it's like, what do you do with that character? What, what do you want to do with that character? It's not like a Leatherface where it's sort of like... I wonder, I wonder like if in the other movies they just explore the character a bit more because all we know about this character literally is that he was homeschooled and he went to camp and he drowned because all the counselors were too busy having sex and not paying attention to him. That's it. And he bring in the water and now he's older and he's immortal and he kills he kills other counselors. Like, I just don't understand. There's nothing else there. And he's disfigured. And they, they constantly are just like, oh, he's evil because he's disfigured or something. Like, I'm I just- I don't understand why he's dis- disfigured. They never explain it. I think it was just a birth defect. And I'm just like, are we supposed to be afraid of people with birth defects? Like, is it, he's evil because he's like, this is some like physiognomy shit here. Like, because he's like got a misshapen head that somehow he's defective as a human or something. It's just gross. Where is he now? Where is he? Where does this movie leave us? Where is he? So that's a, that's what I mean. It's a dumb ending because he's, he pulls her out the window and then she just wakes up the next morning and she's not like, where's Jason? She's like, where's Paul? I'm like, who the fuck cares about Paul? Jason just pulled you out a fucking window. Yeah, like where is Jason now? I'm so confused. Where's Muffin of all the where's, people? <laughs> where's Muffin is what I want to fucking know. Muffin, the whole friggin' movie. Oh my god. I love that one part where the girl's like looking for Muffin like for so long and then they're like, dinner and she's like okay like did you forget about muffin why do you have to go right now yeah someone called uh, animal protection services because like no one was taking care of that dog like it was yeah. abandoned yeah. also she was looking for muffin at the eye level of a human like she was like like it's looking through camera and she's just like muffin, muffin. <laughs> like how tall is this dog what do you think <laughs> is muffin a person i said is Muffin a six foot tall man? <laughs> it's just, it was fucking weird. I just, I, um, this movie is bad. <laughs> yeah, it actually is bad. Like, I can't even say that, like, oh, it's so bad, it's good kind of thing. It's actually not interesting enough to be so bad, it's good. Like, I've seen it, I wouldn't see it again. I want to watch the other ones, but I wouldn't watch this one again. I would rewatch just the scenes where she is being chased. But, I, you know, I think once you know what the twist is, like for some of those um, moments, you know, where, where you think it's going to be the door, but then it's the window. Uh, once you know that, it's just not as effective. But it was very effective watching Oh, that yeah, yeah. There, there were, I, I did like those moments for sure. Um, but if it had done more of that, 
I think throughout the movie, even up to and including like the sort of generic tropes that they were following, where it's like, oh, you think they're going to split up, but that's mm-hmm. Cabin in the Woods. So I think I'm, I'm, you know, 30 years, I'm, I want it to be 30 years ahead of its time, but I'll stop saying I didn't like it because I think it's obvious how I felt about well, it. Well, it's strange because like, it's not that I was hating it while watching it, but I just wasn't, like I said, I wasn't very engaged. And then talking about it more, I just really didn't like the fact that it could have been so much easier. Uh, sorry, it would have been very easy for them to have a character to follow throughout the movie. Or even if they were just going to randomly kill all of them off, at least I lost track of who was even there. Like I said, because half of them went to the bar. There were two scenes at the bar where two of them obviously leave the bar and go back. The two like ones who survive at the end. But there were other characters there and Sarah, like at least two scenes of the characters. And I was like, why do we need to see these people again? Are they going to go back? Like they didn't get killed. You don't see them again. It just actually fills the movie with a bunch of characters that take up screen time. Oddly enough, mm-hmm. like this, I think what's odd about this movie is, remember when I was 29 minutes in, I literally thought that I'd maybe watched 15 minutes because for some reason this movie starts off by having this very odd scene where like the girl who survived the previous movie is laying in bed, having a nightmare, like thrashing and moaning. And like the sounds she make, she's making are like pretty sexual. Like it's not like, it doesn't sound like she's having a nightmare. <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous. And obviously she's like flashbacking to like when, you know, at the end of the, of the last movie, when like Jason's mother tries to kill her and stuff like, and they're talking and and there was so much footage that was reused from that movie probably at least 10 minutes worth or more like it was it was quite a lot so then you know she walks around for a long time a long time and you and i thought to myself okay maybe oh she goes she's on the phone with her parents she's like uh, I have to get my life back together. This is how I have to do it. And like, you don't know what she means. I, I never understood what she meant by this is how I have to do it. She's just hanging out in an apartment. I don't know where she is. What are you, what else are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, I, of course. So I wasn't sure. And I thought, okay, are we going to follow this character for the movie? But no, then she goes to the kitchen, tries to make some tea and gets stabbed in the head. And I was yeah. like, oh, I mean, listen, it's okay with me if the main character gets killed right away. That's like really not a problem. But then have other characters to follow and don't just randomly kill them all off without anyone ever talking about anything. I mean, so that is the movie in a nutshell. It just resets every 10 minutes. It yeah, is, it, it is no like, one is aware that anything is wrong. Someone, you're right, reset. Like they're in tremendous fear, they're dying. And then the next people, no idea anything's wrong. It feels like watching a movie, it, it's the equivalent of having short-term memory watching a movie. It's true, it's true. Like more, I guess more modern movies are all about the reveal of a killer and right. everybody's aware and whatnot. Like in this movie, you're right. Like you are aware of Jason showing himself to some character and killing them, but then he has to keep doing it all over again. And then you have the same, the same sort of formula where the characters are like surprised, confused, alarmed and then shocked and then die and then lather rinse and it just happens again and again and like this is what happens in most uh, i mean this is most horror movies but but it is also you know it's not tied together by anything compelling like in 
scream, as you said, where they're trying to figure out who's the killer or killers, who could they be? And so you as the audience, you're watching the movie like, oh, is there a clue here as to who it could be? Or even if we're following this character, does this mean that they are not the killer? There's additional things to keep keep your attention. This is just like, we know who the killer is. There's no, there's nothing to latch onto here. I just was waiting for it to stop. <laughs> Well, I was just looking forward to all the kills, and I think that they could have spent a little bit more time on the kill scenes. You know um, what? Actually, now that you mention it, I think that is the thing that Friday the 13th is renowned for. Uh, unlike, I think, well, I mean, all of, all of these, like Halloween and uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street are, are renowned for their kills, but I think certainly like the, the, the main draw of a Friday the 13th movie is the way in which... Jason kills people in inventive ways. And you're right, there wasn't much inventive kills. No, there were no inventive kills. And you know what? Maybe it's because, like, I understand this movie is the first time Jason is introduced as the killer. So maybe these, honestly, these kills almost seemed a little clumsy because especially that part where he just wrestles that Paul guy to the ground and doesn't actually kill him. And, And then... And then he falls off the chair. That like, was funny. That was funny. That was actually funny. So I think, I think maybe Jason's just trying to find his groove in this movie, you know? Like, not really a menacing villain, though. I imagine what it was like to see this, not knowing there are 11 other movies. Friday the 13th, part three, how Jason got his groove back. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, I, I'm sure, like, it wasn't that terrifying or maybe it was like maybe you know we are obviously a completely different audience I'm sure it was terrifying to watch at the time because like oh there's a scary thing that's happening i like because i think by the time that it finally started happening it was like my my enthusiasm for this movie had waned by the time what started happening like the, the murders right like that i was just sort of like okay yeah good because there's nothing else to watch this movie for so you better start killing people Yeah, I just thought it was a little bit odd that this movie was made in this way because I understand the movie needed to be made. There needed to be a way to introduce Jason after, you know, as the killer and growing up and all that. But why basically make the exact same movie? That is what I didn't understand. So I think this is also one of the troubles with this franchise. And granted, it's only the second one, but I think, or any horror movie franchise is like, do you just do the same movie that people wanted to see in the first place? Or do you try and like, so this is what happened with Halloween 3, right? Like where they were like, oh, let's get rid of Michael. Like, let's stop doing this sort of formulaic thing because how many times can you do this? And nobody liked it because they were like, Where the, where's Michael? And why aren't you, why is this not a slasher movie? Like, what are you doing with this franchise? So it's always like towing that line between how much do you just do the same movie that people just went to visit yeah, maybe maybe they were just trying to like, you know, make it like the first one but better. But, kind of but, how but Evil I, Dead I, makes two just a little like better than one. I think that's a great review of it, though. It is like I mean, because one is again, it's not a great movie. And so yeah, that, if I had if if people were like, do you want to watch part one or part two? I'd say let's watch part two because it actually has like better production values. Yeah, it's interesting because um, I, I, I want to see what the next one is like. I don't even know if I want to watch like three and then four. Maybe just like skip to four. Because <laughs> it's supposed to be so great. And Corey Feldman is in it. Oh my God, you're right. I've yeah. always wanted to watch four. I had seen three. but What, what happens in three? 
I don't remember. I like I saw it on TV a, a long time ago, and I just remember not being scared. Hold on, I just need to read like a tiny, a, a tiny plot synopsis of part three. Okay, part three. Oh, it's just very generic. A carefree summer becomes a deadly nightmare for another group of naive counselors who choose to ignore Camp Crystal Lake's gruesome legacy. That's part two. <laughs> they find themselves in a bloody game of cat and mouse with the maniacal Jason who stalks their every move and ruthlessly kills them off one by one. This is the plot of the first two movies. Is that, is that a joke? Oh my God, I love it. You know how I think they could make Friday the 13th work? If it was revealed that Jason was Kevin McAllister. Oh my God. Well, here's the thing. The synopsis for Friday the 13th, the final chapter, AKA part four, it says after the Crystal Lake massacres, Jason is pronounced dead and taken to the hospital morgue. So that means we have to watch three because obviously he gets killed at some point. You're right. I mean, I, I'm not saying you like ha- you have to do it. No, I'm going to do it. Let's do it. I might. <laughs> yeah, like we we can watch the next one and then and then talk about it and then watch the one after that and then we don't have to watch any more after that. After we watch the final chapter, because it's known as the best one, I don't think we need to. Maybe we'll watch like the one that where he's in space because that just seems hilarious. That one is wonderfully terrible. I think Jason Lives is supposed to be pretty funny. Freddy versus Jason is supposed to be a great one. Jason X is next on the list, and like, I mean, space. <laughs> Friday the 13th, part eight, Jason takes Manhattan. This one is not good, but it's got it's, got its moments. I've seen it. I have also seen it, but I remember being so bored out of my mind, I don't remember it. I mean, I do know for sure that even though it's called Jason Takes Manhattan, about 90% of it takes place on a boat. boat. <laughs> yeah. So they're not in Manhattan at all. So it's a little bit... But the scenes of Manhattan are actually really hilarious and cliche. There's a lot of alleyways and smoke and buckets of tar and goo. And Times Square. And then the 2009 version. I do not... I am not interested in seeing any of these movies as remakes. The plots are not good. The only charm that these movies have is that they're from the 80s. I actually rewatched the remake recently and it was worse than I remembered and it was even more unlikable. The characters were unlikable. The characters were misogynistic and disgusting and there was weird tokenism and all sorts of problems and a lot of the kills were just misogynistic and spiteful. And it was just not pleasant in any way to watch this movie. And I was actually really depressed by that because I really liked the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake from 2000 with Jessica Biel. Um, There was no similar Jessica Biel character in Friday the 13th, the remake. So I was just, anyways, that's that's my two cents on Friday the 13th. Jason Lives is one that a lot of people like. And Jason, A New Beginning, or... Friday the 13th, A New Beginning. I, I, I just want to watch all of them now, to be honest. Even though even though we're talking about how much we don't like them, people seem to really like the one we just watched, even though it was kind of boring. I, th- I guess because it sets the template. Yeah, I guess you need to have this movie in order to have the rest. If anything, it's more important than the first one. Yeah. Also because, as you said, there's a 10-minute recap at the beginning. So. Yes, exactly. Hmm. Well, 
it wasn't bad. I mean, I'm glad I watched it. It was very random. I just was in the mood for something of this flavor. But I don't know. If you want to watch the other ones, I totally will. Let's do it. Okay. All right. Okay. But we could also watch the Halloweens. Well, that I would I would much rather enjoy. Right. That's that's a wrap. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. <laughs>